0: Mic check, one, two, one, two.
1: Council, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you?
0: Yeah, not too bad. Welcome to it. It's the Time and Place podcast. I think this should be episode uh, 34. 34 or 33. I think so, somewhere there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because some of the episodes are in parts. So even if you, you could have done 10 episodes, but they're just like five. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, what's happening? How are you doing? I'm doing
1: well. How have you been?
0: Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. So we've got the Reverend on hold. So we might as well quickly jump in. We've got Reverend Walter Mwambazi with us again today. And he's got a very interesting story. I can't wait for this story, actually.
1: Um, he is attending... An online so he's he's doing an opening um segment on what his normal because he does a daily online call for his um network marketing gig. So okay. he says he's just doing that, so he's opening for someone else. Once he hands over, he's gonna come right back on.
2: Ah, uh, all right. Um
1: so in the meantime, yes. Um, Today's topic was going to be about the media. Definitely the media. And what the media is doing about what? Um,
0: Let me read out the question that I sent you. I think, is media socially engineering ignorance? And what I mean by that is that it seems all these um, most media houses, right? Yeah. I was watching something yesterday on YouTube, and it, I realized it was like, they had like a discussion program. Mm-hmm. There was a guy, he's um, a lifestyle coach. Okay? So he's a lifestyle coach. Yes. And um, so this, uh, actually, this is a podcast, and they do a YouTube uh, um they recorded, uh, recorded on YouTube. Episode, so they had yeah. like, so these guys invited like six girls. Mm-hmm. And then they brought in this lifestyle coach to talk to all these girls. But then I thought to myself, all oh, these girls, man, they're, 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 they're women, not girls, they're women. But what they were saying was not making sense. They, were, they didn't have any proper points. And I thought to myself, are these the people they, they, they could actually come up with? No, because i I I know I could pick random girls who'd have been on that panel and articulated themselves well, but it seems it's a pattern.
1: So so what you're saying is that they are they, they're trying to model their audience. Rev Walter.
0: Welcome, Rev Walter.
3: Hey, how you doing?
0: Yeah, not too bad. How are you?
3: I'm very good. At- okay, my af- oh, my goodness. microphone. I hope that. Oh, okay, good. Uh, yeah. and I'm muted here, so sounds good. All right. Yeah, yep. yep. I've got ears. My-
1: so basically, what we wanted to do was just dive straight in, and.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, First of all, can name to
1: <laughs> Guys, I, Mached,
3: diving. I, I my diving first. My slim, you owe me, you owe me an apology. Not oh, I'm at, sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. I need money, I need oh, money. Oh, so, Kinston will give you my account. Financial apologies. <laughs> <reparations. laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> financial apology, <laughs> compensation. <laughs> anyway, let's. No worries. Let's run. Let's run. But uh. what's his name? Cranston introduced me to Zazu. It's brilliant. So you can make okay. reparations. Meantime, let's run.
0: Okay. <laughs> I, I had I had my I had my reservation with Zazu. So I'm still just I'm waiting to see
3: how it performs. Mm-hmm.
0: Then maybe I'll jump on it. Maybe It uh, later. It,
3: it, it performs fine. It's- the okay <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: all right we'll try it out yeah it comes very send, send. i'm waiting
3: yeah yeah it what? does it does we're we're working on something quite uh interesting uh with the zazu guys anyway so over to you guys uh let's run
1: okay so as we get into it um uh, some episodes ago we had you as a guest as well and then we very briefly touched upon a Ponzi scheme post that you had put up on your social media and it was a, it was a word of caution. Just, you know, People should not just throw caution to the wind about these and, and there was a lot of them shutting down at that time. Um, yes. But you still kept on with the warning and you had said others are now probably going to come back in better disguised but still a Ponzi scheme is a Ponzi scheme. And then more Mm -hmm. recently, there was one that was on Cairo Road, which is like the high street in Zambia, in the capital city of Zambia. And it was very well located in a very expensive office building. Then, you know, Mm -hmm. tomorrow it's just non-existent. Could you tell us a little bit about what happened there?
3: Yeah, very unfortunate. I mean, like you rightly put it, I've been warning people for the last almost 10 years now. And so Destiny Helpers International because it's out in the public domain, so it's not a secret, we're yeah. part of that. Because when, when, when I did a simple study, it's so... I, anyway, I suppose when you do it all the time, you get to know these things better. But if you don't know them, then obviously you don't get it. But uh, a simple study, just a simple look at the ideal, and immediately it, it stunk to high heaven. So I did warn people... But as usual, I got the flack I always get. Hey, you, you're just a pastor. What have you done? Hey, you're jealous. Wait. But anyway, I mean, I still I still do it. I still do it. I still warn people. And those who heed, heed. So with the number of warnings I've made out there that have all come true, every single one of them, uh, now I'm becoming a bit of an authority in this space because you will not believe the kind of phone calls and uh, you know messages I get from what sector of uh, the of the public uh, you know uh, domain uh, the kind of people that get in touch with me like Nicodemus you know in secret uh, yeah. saying uh, Rev there's this deal I just thought I should hear your take on it before I jump in. so so there were those who did that and uh, those who heeded my warnings were safe but there are others who didn't as usual and uh, unfortunately they lost. Because the guys, I think, once they had hit the number they needed, they took off. Because ideally, there are two types of Ponzi schemes. They are the ones where there is a centrally-based uh, collector, if you like. So once the collector reaches the number they are looking for, once they feel they have hit the number, they just take off. That's what that's what happened with Heritage Coin. That's what happened with, um, with, um, with this same Destiny Helpers and many, many, many others. Even... Uh, they call themselves H2O, Helpers, uh, help, Helping Hands. The Helping Hands is on that remorphed as uh, destiny helpers, same characters. So, so once they have reached their number, they just literally shut this and take off. And they're very smart because what they do, they use, you know, like here in Zambia, you can actually register with fake uh, stuff, fake ID, because w- the biggest loop we have right now is the national registration card. That's our greatest, weakest point. Everything else has been tight now. So passport is tight, driving license is tight, ZRA, everything is tight. But the problem is it's all hubbed on the NRC. On
1: the So NRC. if the
3: NRC, you know what I mean, huh? So if the NRC, they, they use corruption, they obtain false uh, IDs, and then sometimes they don't even have to do that. You see, this is why, you know, these people keep uh, foolishly pushing, uh messages about receiving money from COVID funds or UN or you've won a prize from, you know, ABSA. I mean, those things are all fake. And uh, what they're basically doing with those things is harvesting uh, information. So that's the major function of those things. So once they harvest information, and of course, for those of the uh, people listening to your to your podcast, to harvest information basically means to get people's data. So you, you send them a form saying you've qualified for whatever, you'll be rewarded with whatever, please enter your details and then they'll get your name, they'll get your your date of birth, they'll get your NRC number, they'll ask you to upload your picture and they'll ask yeah. you to upload your ID. That's it, that's it. Even I, who's not a con man, can use that to open accounts online. I can use it to do tons of stuff. And uh, then what they also do is they go sell these things in, in, the, in the dark web. As you know very well, the dark web is teeming with uh, a lot of illegal stuff there. And so yeah. there are people who literally just trade in people's uh, uh, credentials. These credentials are then used by criminals like Destiny Hands to register companies in countries like Zambia. And it will have yep. details of people in Zambia and they'll say, okay, this is good. And then you can use that to open uh, a company with PACRA because you use the same ID stuff you stole. And then from there, that's it. Then you just get a couple of guys on the ground who you can falsely cheat into saying, this is a genuine company, so we're employing you, come and work. So these people sitting in the offices are just working for someone who is a con. So when, when the numbers have been reached, everything else is open based on that. Once the numbers have been reached, they just take off. Like, done. They just transfer the money and they're gone. And and forget about finding them ever because all you just do is, you know, transfer into a Bitcoin account and thank you if you'll ever find me. Once it goes Bitcoin, my friend, I'm gone. Goodbye. You'll never know me again. So that, that's basically, <laughs> that's it. That's, that's, that's the beauty of crypto. Crypto can't be traced. Yeah. So with uh, what you call it, what's the other one? Um, um, Heritage coin. It was the same thing. Uh, they were sending what money is, to the so-called... What is this
1: heritage coin, though? Was that just made for Africa or something?
3: Well, it was it was started by some Zambians, but they were following, as usual, these con people. I don't know if recently you heard about uh, crowds. Crowd1. Crowd1 was started by some con men in Romania and what have you. Same characters. They just disappear and then come back up again. It's the same people that are behind things like MMM. MMM basically caused people in Nigeria to commit suicide. It was very bad. Oh, yes. MMM really hit people hard in Nigeria because they took off with $3 billion. Oh, (laughs) Mm. Oh, don't play, my friend. So
0: they they opened... Uh, what what they opened a, a company in Zambia and what 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 did they say they were trading? The, the, were they selling a product or it was like an investment scheme? Or well, something?
3: you see, it's always an investment, but you see, it works on the concept of greed because the returns are yeah. insane. So when you look at the numbers, you go, you know, they're giving you like ten percent per month, you know, twenty percent uh-huh. per month. I mean, that that that's gonna get anybody who is not. Um, who's not savvy with these things, is going to get excited. You know what I mean? Hey,
2: yeah. because
3: Because like with... Uh, that ...Heritage Coin, do you know that a lot of people, civil servants, uh, bank workers, uh, corporate guys, literally were pulling money out of uh, other instruments like unit trusts and um, treasury bills and pushing money into Heritage Coin?
2: Because Yo. you
3: were told... I'm telling you, you were being promised 50% return in three months. How, 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 so
0: how, how long do these guys run this business for? How many years? Was it months or how long?
3: No, it's months because you basically are looking for something uh, in the... in the, Well, you know it, you guys. We call it critical mass. Not so. You're just looking yeah. for critical mass. Right once, at the beginning.
1: Once you hit that, that's it. Once you hit that, yes. no you hit that critical mass, you, you, yeah,
3: you just pull, you just pull out and off you go. Because there is a point at which it's not sustainable, it collapses. So they yeah. know when that point is because they're looking yeah. on the inside, so they can see. Yes. So in the beginning, what makes it work is because they actually pay people. So you bring your one thousand, you get one five after three months. You, you know, you bring your ten pin, they give you fifteen pin. So people start going out there saying, "Boy, boy, boy I've I found the plan." You know? a- so so every. So it becomes, it starts, uh, it gets viral now. Everybody, it's the secret. Nobody is is talking about openly. This thing, eh, this thing. So people quickly pull money, you know, people quickly start pulling money and dumping it in there. And then the numbers go up. I mean, did you know that when uh, Bank of Zambia and the authorities pulled the plug on Heritage Coin, they had hit 30 million kwacha, 28.5 million kwacha in the account? in the account. So, let's not even go into what went out and how much people lost. The money yeah. that was sitting in the Heritage Coin account was 28.5 million kwacha, which Bank of Zambia then with together with authorities had to work to now refund. And everybody got refunded about 50% of their money because that's what they could find. So, in other yeah. words, most of the money had already been externalized. And of course, the unfortunate part, here's now where it really gets sad. The people that were running it in Zambia ended up going into jail. They ended up losing all their property to the state because money laundering, the, the, the punishment yeah. of crime. The penalty. Yes, yeah, yeah, so it's a forfeiture. So it's forfeiture. Yeah. And my friend, they don't care. No, this house, I bought it before. Once, you for, <laughs> once they come for you, they take everything, including whatever you got in the past. So four directors ended up in jail and lost everything they had ever accumulated. So, so, of course, people lost money. They got back only 50%. At least in this case, Bank of Zambia was even fast enough to, 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 to close Touch quickly. Them. Uh, I, 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 can tell you, I can tell you for a fact that I was one of the people that reported uh, to Bank of Zambia when I saw this thing running. I said, guys, please check this out. Check this out. They had two offices, one in Matero, one in Chilenje. These offices were teeming with activity. When I I blew the whistle the first time, the the directors of Heritage Coin descended on me at at, uh, at, uh, at Hot FM. Yes, true story. They descended on me. Uh, It was a big deal, eh? And uh, yeah. it was it it was it was the directors of Hot FM, Oscar and Zach, who said, "No, nope, this is our man. We are behind him. We're covering him. Do what you want." Mm.
1: And, um, on just on a side note, we we had off mic, we had that conversation where that's one of the strengths with, with Hot FM. They kind of they they've got your back, genuinely got your back. And um, unfortunately for the lady who lost her job, she had a primetime DJ job. They kind of reached breaking point, critical mass, as you would
3: put it. Absolutely, it was just too much. Now, I mean, because the number of times they had, they were, they had, they got into trouble is not even funny. So, yeah, I mean, that lady,
0: of- when you get into radio, there's a code of code, uh, code of conduct. Correct. And it's only a matter of time if because the problem these days, these people, they want to be shock jocks. You know, you know what I mean? But it can huh? only be a shock joke for so long. It's only a matter of time before you cross the line. And unfortunately, the radio station has to serve itself. As an employee, they'll yeah, just but... let you go.
3: Yeah, and in this case, actually, there were, there were countless verbal warnings and a uh, number of written ones. So yeah. it's something that had be, had been going on for a while. And, you know, it was the proverbial ca- uh, straw that broke the camel's back.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, so, r- so that's r- what r- happened r- with r- these r- guys. R- yeah.
3: Uh so we, 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 we had to drop the show because they really made a lot of noise. We said, okay, let's wait for the court ruling. And of course the court ruling came through and they went to jail. So, <laughs> so, <yeah>. so, <laughs> so, so, so it proved what I was saying all along. And uh, I've, I've done this enough times. So I think I've even earned a reputation now. So everybody kind of gets scared if they hear a is has got something negative to say about it. They, everybody just freaks out. Like, oh my God, is he going to speak about this? <laughs> I mean, I've had I've, <laughs> I've had people saying we're going to report to President Lungu, and everything that they've done has backfired. Like I always say, and I, and then yeah. and then you know, I, I I just watch them now because I don't even do the I told you, so I just keep quiet.
2: So yeah, so at is. the end
3: of the day, it's the people who come back and say, no, Rev, you know that thing you were right. They say, so, yeah, but mm. you see now you've lost your money, and you see the worst part is that some people had you know, withdrawn their literal life savings because they're like, maybe I could quickly, you know, make a buck here. My money. But that's 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 the point. That's where they and that's you. the
0: and that's the problem. Quick, quick, uh, this get quick, get rich, quick scheme. People have to get money fast. It doesn't work like that. You
3: know what I mean? No, it doesn't. I mean, this is something that we keep singing until we've turned blue about it. But uh Ah, there'll always be somebody who will be fleeced. There'll always be somebody gullible out there who's going to be a victim. Because because even uh, there's another one again, but this one was much more elaborate. But first of all, backing up to Crowd1, Crowd1 even got called out by the BBC. And what is so funny is even after being called out by the BBC, people were still pushing it. You're like, wow, how stubborn can people be? And you know, when you say, but BBC just called you out. No, they don't know what they're talking about. You think BBC, the whole... I'm not I'm not a fan of these Western media, but you think the BBC are stupid to come up and do a full expose on you. I mean, Imagine. it means they've done their homework. They've done and their they, homework. They're ready to they go actually, to court.
0: They actually even had physical oh, uh, offices and all that. It wasn't just an online thing.
3: Crowd1, right? Yeah. Yeah because you see these guys are smart they know what they're doing this is international let me let me be blunt these things are run by the underworld and when i say the underworld i mean yeah. you know mafia yeah. and you know mafia yes. and such so yeah. these are shady people so this is their thing they do it all the time it's part of their strategy to fleece people and they're very, very good at it. They get geniuses. I mean, the most famous case in any history, we're just waiting for a movie to be done about her, has got to be one coin, that Romanovich lady. I mean, yeah. that lady got everyone. I'm talking banks in the UK. We're talking... Everybody fell mm-hmm. for that woman. She was a phenomenal presenter. She yeah. built one coin... She literally brought in every leading uh, network marketer into it. She filled up Wembley Stadium. I'm not joking. Wembley in the UK. (laughs) Filled it up. 60,000 people in Wembley to listen to her pitch. When that Romanovich lady disappeared, she disappeared with $8 billion. Let that
1: sink in for a minute. Mm.
0: yeah yeah my, my 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 brother was finessed out of a couple of thousands in the uk and this and what and he used to buy cars and all that from the uk and these guys they built a relationship with him he bought a few mm. cars from them and they were just building a relationship relationship, relationship. Mm. over mm. three years doing business with him so the, mm. when he it was time for him to order like a big deal That's when they hammered it. Thousands of dollars. He went there. Went there after a couple of weeks. The office shut down, everything gone. (laughs) Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. They do that. They do that. Because this Romanovich lady, she got a lot of people into problems because you can imagine in the UK how many. I mean, this she was so good that they had offices in the UK, they had setups. She's literally disappeared off the, planet of the, uh, off the face of the planet. So, so, of course, the stories are that she probably went and got surgery and disappeared. Because she never, I mean, when Crux came to the crunch, because an investigative story was done by Al Jazeera, by BBC, they did yeah. stories on her. And, and yeah. what they discovered is that from the word go, there were very keen observers in the industry who started questioning where the servers are? Where are your servers? If you're generating uh, Bitcoin or, or altcoin, as they called it, one coin. was what's called one coin. If, yeah. if you're if you're mi- if you're mining this coin, where are your servers? Where where's your blockchain technology to run this? Who is running that blockchain? Where is it stationed? Truth is, can you imagine there was nothing, nothing? They were so good at creating an impression that they even had blockchain technology when they didn't. But because she was such a brilliant presenter and really, really played it right. You know, they had the most expensive offices. I believe they were in the mile, you know, the, the famous mile in, the, in London. The expensive one, yeah. Yeah, you The at market, the one that's a, the one that's the city within the city. It's a nation yeah. within a city. Yeah it's, a, yeah, it's a different country. Even has its own passports. So the mile, <laughs> they, they had offices in the mile, you know, by yeah. city of London there, and 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 they had uh, all these. You know, they are so elaborately good at using what we call back end employment. You. You use a, a bogus shell company that purchases whatever, and then those now register using people, then they advertise online, then they employ people. So people are employed and they think they are working for a legitimate organization. So those are yeah. the cases of the company. But when crux comes to crunch, when investigations begin, they discover now nah, this company was registered as a shell in the Bahamas. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not there, you know. And, and and the owners are in God knows where. and they, You know, it, like they trace the owners. They find some poor peasants in Venezuela. You know, unbelievable yeah, yeah. stuff.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah. Unbelievable. I know what, the Panama, yeah. one of the accountants, they found...
3: Yeah, the, the yeah, yeah. The Panama, yes. The post Panama post Papers, office. correct.
0: Yeah, he used to work in a post office. No office. The, the address that they found was a post office in... I don't know, one of the, the small islands. <laughs>
3: wow. So these guys are that good. Anyway, the bottom line, uh, especially for those who are into digging, if you watch the documentary, the Panama Papers, the actual documentary, there yeah. is a statement in there that just blew me away. I mean, that statement just for me. Anyway, Cranston and I, we go very deep. So there are things we can say on this podcast. But basically... There's a one statement that was made in that uh, documentary, and it's stated, and I quote, paraphrased, obviously, it says that when you dig deep enough, you realize that the entire accountancy system, banking system, commerce systems live to serve one group only, the elite.
1: And they will
3: put every form of systems in place that essentially fleece, uh, the, the the general public are known because there is yep. no way, there is no way a, a setup of that magnitude like the Romanovich one, where you have billions of pound, uh, dollars of 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 investors' money from funds all across the world, can go with no means of using regulators to stop it. Why exactly. could the regulators not do it? So it means. They have to be in on it. I mean, I have to quote uh what's his name? Uh what's his name? I've forgotten his character's name, but Robert De Niro in Casino. You know, he said something profound in there, and I love it as yeah. a quote. He says, he says Sam Roskin. There uh yes, Sam Roskin. Correct, yes. correct, correct, correct. So he says this statement. He says this statement about the son in there's a son-in-law. Who's the son of? Who's the son-in-law to the governor or the com- games commissioner, chairperson, or somebody? But a powerful person, and mm. he makes a boob and 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 like three people win from the slot machines like millions of dollars like three times. So he's yeah. mad and he has him fired. And uh, and then you know he you know so the father goes there and you know tries to appeal and it doesn't work. So in the end, Sam Roskin says makes a statement which I agree with. He says there the chances of an individual winning at slot machines is one in a billionth okay it's a very small chance that's why they make money off it the chances of a person winning twice is almost impossible three times it's it's it can't happen so (laughs) if a person wins three times in one day then either either they are in on it or they are too dull for the job either way they're fired. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so I love that statement because for me that's it. There's no way eight billion dollars, three billion, five billion, whatever. Once you hit billions, it's a lot of money. There's no way yeah. all that money can go and people are not in on it. Impossible. These if they can't be that much geniuses. So it, it's part of a—it's part of a system if, that if
1: you, occasionally if you really is allowed dig, to
3: fleece. Yeah,
1: yeah. If if you if you dig the, you know, like you have the police the policing system right that mm. the inner levels in the so the police for the elite would be the intelligence services so mm. a lot of this stuff is aided by by intelligence services where yes if you look for the 8 billion you literally will not find it it's off yeah. the books because they were whether yeah. it is the Mossad involved mi5 it's the fbi you they 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 are all in on it you know they know yeah, because, their job I mean, and constant. they serve
3: their job. I mean, absolutely. Because think about it. Where do you hide eight billion dollars? I mean, like seriously,
0: where? Exactly. Look at it. Yeah, as a, uh, like here. Imagine if you try to. Mm. With the moment hundred thousand, just hundred thousand dollars hit your account, you're going to get phone. Your account to be. That's in Australia. Um,
3: my goodness, those, the, the flag you, that will go up. Yeah.
0: Now imagine billions, and no flags were raised. Mm.
3: How? So this is where you begin Uh to actually understand what the Dutch banker said. Again, we don't want to go into that space, but there's a Dutch banker, you can always search it out, not you, the ones listening on the podcast, you guys know already. So there's a Dutch banker who said, and I quote, he said, again, paraphrase, because I can't remember his word for it, he said that there are two parallel systems in the banking world. There is the legitimate one that is kept for the Sheeple, also known as the Goyim. (laughs) Go look up that word. It's a very interesting word. (laughs) And then there is the real banking system that is run by the Nosim, uh, the inner circle, who really know what's going on and who know what's going on. And he speaks about something that happened during the Gulf War called petrodollars. There were billions of dollars that were found in real cash sitting uh, in, in banks, uh, bankers, rather, uh, in in Iraq and in um, in in the in the Middle East, and this money had to be laundered, it had to be cleaned, and so people like them, that was their work, to take illegal money of that nature and clean it up. It's the same work they do with money for for drugs and extortion and human trafficking and whatever. There's a lot of money there yeah organ trafficking absolutely there you go so philanthropy is one of the most pathways in which they clean up the money but there's very clever strategies that are used so essentially when you see these ponzi's this is a strategy by the 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 underworld to fleece money and the sad part is that um historically because these things we look into history to see patterns historically, every leading uh, agency, security agency, has been accused of yes. raising funds illegally. So, yes. so this is historically true. So the stuff, I mean, yes, some of it has public. been made into like movies. We are, so.
1: we are, we are speculating. It's in public you domain. You know what I mean? It's, it's in public well domain. Correct. Anywhere correct. way you correct. into it, you will find the document. Now, uh, before, because this was, was meant to be a bit of a short one, um, yeah. Well, so we're sort of uh, having to close um, as you said we started mm-hmm. a bit late tell me more about this thing briefly right, tell me more about this village banking pandemic that's happening in central Florida, Africa.
3: <laughs> it's Actually, it's, mean, not not- it's not a pandemic it's not it, a pandemic it's a very good thing actually Slim and uh, Cranston you see the thing about village blank banking which we need to understand is that it's, 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 it's basically a cooperative on steroids uh, it's just people empowerment at a much more level uh, community base. So All what's right. going on basically? Yes. So it's it's a cooperative. Uh, the, the regulated version of, a, of village banking or Stockville, as they call them in South Africa, would be an official cooperative, what they call a SACO. So that's a, a cooperative, co- some savings and... Uh, something cooperative whatever i keep forgetting what sacco stands for but it's basically that's regulated so in other words there is an organization that runs that so if you want to upgrade your village banking into a sacco then there are all manner of rules you have to kind of comply with and then you're governed and watched but below that below that is village banking which is basically chilimba but at a whole other level yeah. And the Chilimba. concept is very simple. Mm-hmm.
0: It's, a, it's a private school, Chilimba.
3: <laughs> yes, exactly. But without the Ponzi part. Because... Yeah. And that's the part that I always argue with a lot of these people who keep falling for these cons. Whatever Chilimba you look at, it's your money. It's not other people's money. So everybody is pooling their money together and then they have a large pool of money from which individuals, depending on what kind of, you know, deals or ideas they have, can borrow. So so, so we're pulling money together. So maybe Slim Cranston, Rev Walter and a couple of other people, we pull our money together. We say, okay, uh, let's put some money in here. So we all put money together. So this money, maybe each person puts, for argument's sake, $200. So by eight of us, that's 1,600 in the pool. Now, that 1600 in the pool, it's up to you. Do you want to borrow? So some people may not want to borrow, so they'll leave it. But then there are others who want to borrow, so they'll borrow $300. In that case, when they borrow, you're supposed to pay back $300 plus the interest that you all agree is paid for the period in question. So when, you, when it gets to the end of the year, this thing is dissolved. So how the way it's dissolved is very simple. They look at the total number of contributions you make throughout the period, divide, sorry, the total number of contributions you made plus the interest you paid when paying back. And that's your money. So you actually make money off the money you borrowed, uh, which is your money plus the interest you paid back. That's how it works. So there is no, there's no there's getting anybody else's money. Now, in, in, in a number of cases, some of these circles have gone very big. And so they say, okay, uh, sorry, these village bankings have gone very big. So they say, you know what? Let's formalize this. That's how they say, okay, so to formalize a village banking, you have to make it into a circle. So here in Zambia, we actually have a regulator. Uh, They give guidance. Uh, It's an actual proper, proper thing with professionals. And they will guide on how to convert a village banking scheme into an actual circle where you can now actively invest uh, as a group. So the Kenyans have taken it to a whole other level. Uh, There's one diaspora... SACO run by Kenyans, where they were able to raise $12 million and invest in a block of upmarket uh, up flats in Nairobi. Amazing. I watched it on, um, I think, Business Africa or Black Entertainment TV, one of these platforms, um, but you're predominantly run by Blacks. But it was just amazing I, I to see.
0: I know the lady who's in charge of that. She stays close to my house
3: oh wow there you yeah, go fact, So you see, where, fact,
0: maybe we can uh, we can have a chat with that one of these fine days
3: yeah yeah not. absolutely because they've done amazing things and uh you you know i watched and saw what they've built in kenya i was like wow yeah so, so you see so as uh, as that now they have a very big circle i think it's like 2000 members strong so obviously i mean because you know to raise eight million dollars it's not small money so yeah. so so obviously it means a lot of people are contributing. And then this is an investment, you know, when this thing starts making money, everybody is able to get dividends because there's a way SACOs also pay uh dividends yeah, for profits generated by yeah. So so it's solid, it's it's proper, it's regulated, it's legit. So even village banking is in the same Category, but just that it's informal. That's the only difference. Village banking is informal, SACO is formal. And uh, there are rules to become SACO. So, with village banking, the strength of the village banking, just like a chilimba, is its members. So, if you have yeah. dodgy characters who are cheats, they are the ones who you hear borrowed money and then ran away or didn't pay and then. Got into trouble, so we've had a number of those even appear in the papers recently, where individuals are accused of stealing people's money. The truth is that they the borrow; and they, in fact, they join maybe five or six, and they start getting from Cranston's group, come and pay Slim's group,
1: yeah,
3: pay whoever, and then soon, you know, plus the indiscipline of misuse of money, soon before you know it, <laughs> you are owing millions, and you don't know what to do. So that's basically yeah. what happens.
0: Okay. Well, uh, we are uh, sort of running out of time, but normally I would have millions of questions. But you've explained everything so clearly, and I hope people listen to what you've, you've said today because
3: Monday, Monday, we really hope because bad. the problem is people don't listen. <laughs> you know, you know. Nah. There's a time I think I even told Cranston the other day. Why do I even bother? But- you know, Somebody. you you are compelled. Yeah, You're compelled. It's like you want yeah. to keep quiet, but that's like the biggest joke in the world. When you see an injustice, yeah. you say, no, I'm not going to keep quiet about that. So you end up talking, and then, of course, sometimes it gets you into trouble. I mean, I suppose that's how people like Martin Luther King and all these activists end up dying because they can't just sit. <laughs> yeah, they They cool. have to speak. Cool.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> you can try, but you can try, but you get so agitated, and then you say, you know what? No, I'm going to talk about this. There's no way I'm going to keep quiet anymore. So so yeah. for me, it's in this space, you know, Africa, you know, emancipation of Africa and black people, you know, money, you know, personal development, blah, blah, blah. That's my space. And so if you see people genuinely trying to, uh, to do enterprise and then somebody comes with a scheme, which is a con, I mean, come on, we're not going to keep quiet. No,
2: no. And,
3: and, and, and I'm I'm, I'm, ble- I'm blessed enough to have uh, platforms that I have been privileged to, to be on and I'll use them. And uh, again, I've been you know, called names for that, but hey, I mean, it's for the good of the of the public.
0: Yeah, you just do your job, put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> Correct, because
3: they'll come back later and say, yeah, I wish I heard. so
0: oh, sorry. <laughs> All right. Kirsten, do you want to close it
2: up?
1: Well, um, like like you said, the problem is people don't listen. So we thought would quickly come on and just you know ring this bell one last time again. So maybe someone can hear it. <laughs> and yes, we yeah, run out of time. It's thanks one for yeah, yeah. Thanks yeah thanks even for coming if it's on. one
3: person. Mm. Yeah, so I was gonna I was gonna say, even if it's one person, for that one yeah. person, it's yeah. good enough. Yeah, it's good yeah. enough. Awesome. All right. It Alrighty. is the time and
0: place podcast. Rev Water, thank you very much, as usual. And don't worry, we'll get in touch soon after this. We'll have a, a chat. With Cranston, then we'll do something special.
3: Nice. (laughs) I I will be waiting. (laughs) All right.
0: Okay. All right. Cheers. Ladies, gents, you've listened for yourself. No lies, no ifs. You know, you watch yourself out there. So we'll see you, Cranston.
1: All right. Bye bye.
0: Yeah. Bye. Hello. Mic check one, two, one, two. Council, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: Yeah, not too bad. Welcome to it. It's the Time and Place podcast. I think this should be episode uh, 34? 34 Only. or 33. I think so, somewhere there. <laughs> <You laughs> well, because some of the episodes are in parts. So even if you, you could have done 10 episodes, but they're just like five. Mm. Yeah.
1: So anyway, what's happening? How are you doing? I'm doing well. How have you been?
0: Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. So we've got the Reverend on hold, so we might as well quickly jump in. We've got Reverend Walter Mwambazi with us again today, and he's got a very interesting story. I can't wait for this story, actually.
1: Um, he is attending an online... So he's he's doing an opening... Um, segment on what his normal... Because he does a daily online call for his um, network marketing gig. So he says he's just doing that. So he's opening for someone else. Once he hands over, he's going to come right back on.
2: Ah, all right. Um,
1: So in the meantime... Yes. um, Today's topic was going to be about the media
0: definitely the media
1: and what the media is doing about what
0: um let me read out the question that i sent you i think is media socially engineering ignorance and what i mean by that is that it seems all these um most media houses right yeah i was watching something yesterday on youtube And I realized it was like, they had like a discussion program. Mm -hmm. There was a guy, he's um, a lifestyle coach. Okay. So he's a lifestyle coach. Yes. And um, so this, uh, actually, this is a podcast and they do a YouTube. uh, um, they recorded. uh, Recorded on YouTube. So they had like, so these guys invited like six girls. And then they brought in this lifestyle coach to talk to all these girls. But then I thought to myself, all oh, these girls, man, they're, they're, they're women, not girls. They're women. But what they were saying was not making sense. They, were, they didn't have any proper points. And I thought to myself, are these the people they, they, they could actually come up with? Because you know, I I know I could pick random girls who would have been on that panel and articulated themselves well. But it seems it's a pattern
1: so so what you're saying is that they are they're they trying to model their audience revwater
0: welcome revwater
3: hey how you doing
0: yeah not too bad how are you
3: i'm very good hey at... okay. my af... Look, my, my microphone i hope that oh okay good uh, yeah. And I'm muted here, so sounds good. All Yeah. Yep. yep. I'm all ears. My...
1: So basically, what we wanted to do was just dive straight in, and
3: mm-hmm. uh, first of all, they can't. Ni menene ni. Machete, doa.
1: Machete.
3: Aye, come. I could be for my diving first. Machete, Slim. You owe me. You owe me an apology. Not at, I'm sorry. I need money. I need money. So, Caston will give you my account. Financial (laughs) reparations. Yes, financial apology. Compensation. (laughs) (laughs) Let's. No worries. Let's run. Let's run. But. Uh, what's his name Cranston introduced me to zazu it's brilliant so you can make okay. reparations meantime let's run
0: okay i I, ha- I had my I had my reservation with zazu so I'm still just I'm waiting to see how it moves mm-hmm. then maybe I'll jump on it maybe
3: it later. It, it performs fine
2: thank
3: okay (laughs) all right we'll try it out
1: yeah it comes very send send. i'm waiting
3: yeah yeah it does it does we're we're working on something quite uh interesting uh with the zazu guys anyway so over to you guys uh let's run
1: okay so as we get into it um uh, some episodes ago we had you as a guest as well and then we very briefly touched upon a Ponzi scheme post that you had put up on your social media and it was a, it was a word of caution. Just, you know, People should not just throw caution to the wind about these and, and there was a lot of them shutting down at that time. Um, yes. But you still kept on with the warning and you had said others are now probably going to come back in better disguised but still a Ponzi scheme is a Ponzi scheme. And then more Mm -hmm. recently, there was one that was on Cairo Road, which is like the high street in Zambia, in the capital city of Zambia. And it was very well located in a very expensive office building. Then, you know, Mm -hmm. tomorrow it's just non-existent. Could you tell us a little bit about what happened there?
3: Yeah, very unfortunate. I mean, like you rightly put it, I've been warning people for the last almost 10 years now. And so Destiny Helpers International because it's out in the public domain, so it's not a secret. We're yeah. part of that, because when, when, when I did a simple study, it's so, I, anyway. I suppose when you do it all the time, you get to know these things better, but if you don't know them, then obviously you don't get it. But uh, a simple study, just a simple look at the ideal, and immediately it, it stunk to high heaven. So I did warn people. But as usual, I got the flack I always get. Hey, you, you're just a pastor. What have you done? Hey, you're jealous. Wait, wait. But anyway, I mean, I still I still do it. I still do it. I still warn people and those who heed, heed. So with the number of warnings I've made out there that have all come true, every single one of them, uh, now I'm becoming a bit of an authority in this space because you will not believe the kind of phone calls and Uh, you know, messages I get from what sector of uh, the, of the public, uh, you know, uh, domain, Uh, the kind of people that get in touch with me, like Nicodemus, you know, in secret, uh, saying, uh, Rev, there's this deal. I just thought I should hear your take on it before I jump in. So, so there were those who did that. And uh, those who heeded my warnings were safe, but there are others who didn't as usual. And uh, unfortunately, they lost because the guys, I think, once they had hit the number they needed, they took off. Because ideally, there are two types of Ponzi schemes. They are the ones where there is a centrally-based uh, collector, if you like. So once the collector reaches the number they are looking for, once they feel they have hit the number, they just take off. That's what that's what happened with Heritage Coin. That's what happened with, um, with, um, with this same Destiny Helpers and many, many, many others. Even... Uh, they call themselves H2O, helpers, uh, help, helping hands. The helping hands is on that remorphed as uh, Destiny Helpers, same characters. So, so once they have reached their number, they just literally shut off this and take off. And they're very smart because what they do, they use, you know, like here in Zambia, you can actually register with fake uh, stuff, fake ID, because w- the biggest loop we have right now is the national registration card. That's our greatest, weakest point. Everything else has been tight now. So passport is tight, driving license is tight, ZRA, everything is tight. But the problem is it's all hubbed on the NRC. On
1: the so NRC. So if the
3: NRC, you know what I mean, huh? So if the NRC, they, they use corruption, they obtain false uh, IDs, and then sometimes they don't even have to do that. You see, this is why, you know, these people keep uh, foolishly pushing uh, Messages about receiving money from COVID funds or UN or you've won a prize from you know ABSA. I mean, those things are all fake. And uh, what they're basically doing with those things is harvesting uh, information. So that's the major function of those things. So once they harvest information, and of course, for those of the uh, people listening to your to your podcast, to harvest information basically means to get people's data. So. You, you send them a form saying you've qualified for whatever, you'll be rewarded with whatever, please enter your details and then they'll get your name, they'll get your your date of birth, they'll get your NRC number, they'll ask you to upload your picture and they'll ask yeah. you to upload your ID. That's it, that's it. Even I, who's not a con man, can use that to open accounts online. I can use it to do tons of stuff. And uh, then what they also do is they go sell these things in in the, in the dark web, as you know very well, the dark web is teeming with uh, a lot of illegal stuff there. And so yeah. there are people who literally just trade in people's uh, uh, credentials. These credentials are then used by criminals like Destiny Hands to register companies in countries like Zambia. And it will have yep. details of people in Zambia and they'll say, okay, this is good. And then you can use that to open uh, a company with PACRA because you use the same ID stuff you stole. And then from there, that's it. Then you just get a couple of guys on the ground who you can falsely cheat into saying this is a genuine company, so we're employing you, come and work. So these people sitting in the offices are just working for someone who is a con. So when, when the numbers have been reached, everything else is open based on that. Once the numbers have been reached, they just take off. Like, done. They just transfer the money, and they're gone. And, and forget about finding them ever, because all you just do is, you know, transfer into a Bitcoin account, and thank you if you'll ever find me. Once it goes Bitcoin, my friend, I'm gone. Goodbye. You'll never know me again. So that, that's basically, <laughs> that's it. That's, that's, that's the beauty of crypto. Crypto can't be traced. Yeah. So with, uh, what you call it? What's the other one? Um, um, Heritage Coin. It was the same thing. Uh, they were sending money is, to the so-called... What is this
1: heritage coin, though? Was that just made for Africa or something?
3: Well, it was it was started by some Zambians, but they were following, as usual, these con people. I don't know if recently you heard about Crowd1. Uh, Crowd1 crowd one. Crowd one was started by some con men in Romania and what have you. Same characters. They just disappear and then come back up again. It's the same people that are behind things like MMM. MMM basically caused people in Nigeria to commit suicide. It was very bad. Oh, yes. MMM really hit people hard in Nigeria because they took off with $3 billion. Oh, Mm. Oh, don't play, my friend. So
0: they they opened... Uh, what what they opened a, a company in Zambia and what 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 did they say they were trading? The, the, were they selling a product or it was like an investment scheme well, or something? Well,
3: you see, it's always an investment, but you see, it works on the concept of greed because the returns are yeah. insane. So when you look at the numbers, you go, you know, they're giving you like ten percent per month, you know, twenty percent uh-huh. per month. I mean, that that that's gonna get anybody who is not. Um, who's not savvy with these things, is going to get excited, you know what I mean? Hey, 20 yeah. because, because, like, with uh, that heritage coin, do you know that a lot of people, civil servants, uh, bank workers, uh, corporate guys, literally were pulling money out of uh, other instruments like unit trusts and um, treasury bills and pushing money into heritage coin?
2: Because Ye-oh. you
3: were told... I'm telling you, you were being promised 50% return in three months. How, 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 so how, how long do these
0: guys run this business for? How many years? Was it months or how long?
3: No, it's months because you basically are looking for something uh, in the... in the, Well, you know it, you guys. We call it critical mass. Not so. You're just looking yeah. for critical mass. Right once, at the once beginning. You,
1: once you hit that, yes. that's it. There's once no you hit that critical mass, you, You're gone. Yeah,
3: you, just pull, you just pull out and off you go. Because there is a point at which it's not sustainable; it collapses. So they yeah. know when that point is because they're looking yeah. on the inside, so they can see. So yes. in the beginning, what makes it work is because they actually pay people. So you bring your one thousand, you get one five after three months. You, you know, you bring your ten pin, they give you fifteen pin. So people start going out there saying, "Boy, boy, I've I found have, the plan." It's so
2: you know?
3: so every. <laughs> so it becomes, it starts, uh, it gets viral now. Everybody, it's the secret. Nobody is, is talking about opening. Eh, this thing, eh, this thing. So people quickly oh. pull money, you know, people quickly start pulling money and dumping it in there. And then the numbers go up. I mean, did you know that when uh, Bank of Zambia and the authorities pulled the plug on Heritage Coin, they had hit 30 million kwacha, 3.5 million kwacha in the account? In the account. So let's not even go into what went out and how much people lost. The money yeah. that was sitting in the Heritage Coin account was 28.5 million kwacha, which Bank of Zambia then, together with authorities, had to work to now refund. And everybody got refunded about 50% of their money because that's what they could find. So, in other yeah. words, most of the money had already been externalized. And of course, the unfortunate part here's now where it really gets sad. The people that were running it in Zambia ended up going into jail. They ended up losing all their property to the state because money laundering, the, the, the punishment yeah. or of crime. the penalty. Yes, yeah, yeah. so it's a forfeiture. So it's forfeiture. Yeah. And my friend, they don't care. No, this house, I bought it before. Once you for, <laughs> Once they come for you, they take everything, including whatever you got in the past. So four directors ended up in jail and lost everything they had ever accumulated. So, so, of course, people lost money. They got back only 50%. At least in this case, Bank of Zambia was even fast enough to, 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 to close. it can to them. Uh, I, 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 can tell you, I can tell you for a fact that I was one of the people that reported uh, to Bank of Zambia when I saw this thing running. I said, guys, please check this out. Check this out. They had two officers, one in Matero, one in Chilenje. These offices were teeming with activity. When I I blew the whistle the first time, the the directors of Heritage Coin descended on me at uh, at, uh, at Hot FM. Yes, true story. They descended on me. Uh, It was a big deal, eh? And uh, yeah. it was it it was it was the directors of Hot FM, Oscar and Zach, who said, "No, nope, this is our man. We are behind him. We're covering him. Do what you want." Mm.
1: And, um, on just on a side note, we we had off mic, we had that conversation where that's one of the strengths with with Hot FM. They kind of they they've got your back, genuinely got your back. And um, unfortunately for the lady who lost her job, she had a primetime DJ job. They kind of reached the breaking point, critical mass, as you
3: would put it. Absolutely. It was just too much now. I mean, because the number of times they had, they were, they had, they got into trouble is not even funny. So, yeah, I they mean, were under that a lot lady,
0: of- when you get into radio, there's a code of, conduct, uh, code of conduct. Correct. And it's only a matter of time. If, because the problem these days, these people, they want to be shock jocks. You know, you know what I mean? But it can huh? only be a shock joke for so long. It's only a matter of time before you cross the line. And unfortunately, the radio station has to serve itself. As an employee, they'll yeah, just but- let you go.
3: Yeah, and in this case, actually, there were, there were countless verbal warnings and a uh, number of written ones. So yeah. it's something that had be- had been going on for a while. And, you know, it was the proverbial ca- uh, straw that broke the camel's back.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay, so anyway, so, re- so that's what re- happened kind of with reading. these guys. Yeah. Uh, so we, we 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 had to drop the show because they really made a lot of noise. We said, okay, let's wait for the court ruling. And of course, the court ruling came through, and they went to jail. So <laughs> so, <you> know, so, <laughs> so 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 it proved what I was saying all along. And uh, I've I've done this enough times, so I think I've even earned a reputation now. So everybody kind of gets scared if they hear a Water is has got something negative to say about it. They, everybody just freaks out. Like, oh my God, is he going to speak about this? <laughs> I mean, I've had, I've had I've had people saying we're going to report to President Lungu and everything that they've done has backfired. Like I always say, and I, and then yeah. and then you know, I, I I just watch them now because I don't even do the I told you, so I just keep quiet. So yeah, so at the it. end of the day, it's the people who come back and say, no, Rev, you know that thing you were right. They say, so, yeah, but mm. you see now you've lost your money, and you see the worst part is that some people had you know, withdrawn their literal life savings because they're like, maybe I could quickly, you know, make a buck here. Double my money. But that's 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 the point. That's where they catch And that's
0: you. the and that's the problem. Quick quick uh this get quick get rich quick schemes. People have to get money fast. It doesn't work like that. You know
3: what I mean? No, it doesn't. I mean this is something that we keep singing until we've turned blue about it. But uh Ah, there'll always be somebody who will be fleeced. There'll always be somebody gullible out there who's going to be a victim. Because because even, uh, there's another one again, but this one was much more elaborate. But first of all, backing up to Crowd1, Crowd1 even got called out by the BBC. And what is so funny is even after being called out by the BBC, people were still pushing it. You're like, wow, how stubborn can people be? And you know, when you say, but BBC just called you out. No, they don't know what they are talking about. You think BBC, the whole I'm not I'm not a fan of these Western media, but you think the BBC are stupid to come up and do a full expose on you. I mean means they've done their homework. They've done and their they, homework, they're ready to they go actually, to court.
0: They actually even had physical or uh offices and all that. It wasn't just an online thing.
3: Crowd one, right? Yeah. Yeah because you see these guys are smart they know what they're doing this is international let me let me be blunt these things are run by the underworld and when i say the underworld i mean yeah. you know mafia yeah. and you know mafia yes. and such so yeah. these are shady people so this is their thing they do it all the time it's part of their strategy to fleece people and they're very, very good at it. They get geniuses. I mean, the most famous case in any history, we're just waiting for a movie to be done about her, has got to be one coin, that Romanovich lady. I mean, yeah. that lady got everyone. I'm talking banks in the UK. We're talking. Everybody fell mm-hmm. for that woman. She was a phenomenal presenter. She built one coin. She literally brought in every leading uh, network marketer into it. She filled up Wembley Stadium. I'm not joking. Wembley in the UK. (laughs) Filled it up. 60,000 people in Wembley to listen to her pitch. When that Romanovich lady disappeared, she disappeared with $8 billion. Huh.
0: That's that's yeah, in in of finance, yeah. Yeah, my, 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 my brother was finessed out of a couple of thousands in the UK, and this and what, and he used to buy cars and all that from the UK. And these guys they built a relationship with him, he bought a few mm. cars from them, and they were just building a relationship, relationship,
2: relationship
0: mm. over mm. three years doing business with him. So, the, mm. and when he it was time for him to order like a big deal. That's when they hammered it. Mm -hmm. Thousands of
3: dollars.
0: He went there, went there after a couple of weeks. The office shut down, everything gone.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do that. They do that. Because this Romanovich lady, she got a lot of people into problems because you can imagine in the UK how many. I mean, this she was so good that they had offices in the UK, they had setups. She's literally disappeared off the, planet of the, uh, off the face of the planet. So, so, of course, the stories are that she probably went and got surgery and disappeared. Because she never, I mean, when Crux came to the crunch, because an investigative story was done by Al Jazeera, by BBC, they did yeah. stories on her. And, and yeah. what they discovered is that from the word go, there were very keen observers in the industry who started questioning where the servers are. Where are your servers? If you're generating uh, Bitcoin or, or altcoin, as they called it, OneCoin, theirs was called OneCoin. If you're, yeah. if you're, if you're, mi- if you're mining this coin, where are your servers? Where, where's your blockchain technology to run this? Who is running that blockchain? Where is it stationed? Truth is, can you imagine there was nothing, nothing, they were so good at creating an impression that they even had blockchain technology when they didn't. But because she was such a brilliant presenter and really, really played it right, you know, they had the most expensive offices. I believe they were in the Mile. You know, the, the famous Mile in the, in London. The expensive one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, the market, market, the one that's the one that's the city within the city. It's a nation mm. within a city. Yeah it's, a, yeah, it's a different country. Even has its own passports. So the mile, <laughs> they, they had offices in the mile, you know, by yeah. city of London there, and 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 they had uh, all these, you know, they are so elaborately good at using what we call back-end employment. You, you use a, a bogus shell company that purchases whatever, and then those now register using people, then they advertise online, then they employ people. So people are employed and they think they are working for a legitimate organization. So those are yeah. the cases of the company. But when crux comes to crunch, when investigations begin, they discover now nah, this company was registered as a shell in the Bahamas. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not there, you know. And, and and the owners are in God knows where. and they, You know, it, like they trace the owners. They find some poor peasants in Venezuela. You know, unbelievable yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. Unbelievable. I know,
2: like,
0: the Panama, yeah. one of the accountants, they found...
3: Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The Panama, yes. The Panama office. Papers,
0: correct. Yeah, he used to work in a post office. No office. The, the address that they found was a post office in... I don't know, one of the, the small islands.
2: <laughs>
3: wow. So these guys are that good. Anyway, the bottom line, uh, especially for those who are into digging, if you watch the documentary, the Panama Papers, the actual documentary, there yes. is a statement in there that just blew me away. I mean, that statement just for me. Anyway, Cranston and I, we go very deep. So there are things we can say on this podcast. But basically... There's a one statement that was made in that uh, documentary, and it's stated, and I quote, paraphrased, obviously, it says that when you dig deep enough, you realize that the entire accountancy system, banking system, commerce systems live to serve one group only, the elite. And they will put every form of systems in place that essentially fleece, uh, the, the the general public are known because there is yep. no way, there is no way a, a setup of that magnitude like the Romanovich one, where you have billions of pounds, uh, dollars of 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 investors' money from funds all across the world, can go with no means of using regulators to stop it. Exactly. Why could the regulators not do it? So it means. They have to be in on it. I mean, I have to quote uh, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? I've forgotten his character's name, but Robert De Niro in Casino. You know, he said something profound in there, and I love it as yeah. a quote. He says, "He says." Sam There. Uh, yes. Sam Rothkin, correct, <laughs> correct, correct, correct. So he says this statement. He says this statement about the son in there's a son-in-law who who's the son of, who's the son-in-law to the governor or the com- games commissioner, chairperson, or somebody, but a powerful person. And mm. he makes a boob and 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 like three people win from the slot machines like millions of dollars like three times. So he's yeah. mad and he has him fired. And uh, and then you know. He, you know, so the father goes there and you know tries to appeal and it doesn't work. So in the end, Sam Roskin says makes a statement which I agree with. He says, "There, the chances of an individual winning at slot machines is one in a billionth. Okay, it's a very small chance. That's why they make money off it. The chances yeah. of a person winning twice is almost impossible. Three times, it's it's it can't happen." So if a person wins three times in one day, then either, either they are in on it or they are too dull for the job. Either way, they are fired. <laughs> you know, so, so, so I love that statement because for me, that's it. There's no way $8 billion, $3 billion, $5 billion whatever, once you hit billions, it's a lot of money. There's no way all yeah. that money can go and people are not in on it. Impossible. people—they can't be that much geniuses. So it's, it's part of a it's part of a system if, that
1: if occasion really is allowed dig,
3: to fleece. Yeah. Mm. If
1: if you if you dig the, you know, like you have the police, the policing system, right? That, mm. the, the inner mm. levels in the so the police for the elite would be the intelligence services. So mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff is aided by by intelligence services. Where, yes, if you look for the eight billion, you literally will not find it. It's off yeah. the books. Because they were whether yeah. it is the Mossad involved, MI five, it's the FBI. You, they, they, they are all in on it. You know, they know yeah, their yeah, job I mean, and constant, they serve their job.
3: I mean, absolutely. Because think about it. Where do you hide eight billion dollars? I mean, like seriously,
1: where? Exactly.
0: Look at it yeah, as a, like here. Imagine if you try to mm-hmm. with the moment hundred thousand, just hundred thousand dollars hits your account, you are going to get phone your account to be. That's My goodness,
3: the the flag that will go up.
0: Yeah. Now imagine billions and no flags were raised.
3: Mm. How? So this is where you begin Uh to actually understand what the Dutch banker said. Again, we don't want to go into that space, but there's a Dutch banker. You can always search it out. Not you, the ones listening on the podcast. You guys know already. So there's a Dutch banker who said, and I quote, he said, again, paraphrase, because I can't remember his word, word for it, he said that there are two parallel systems in the banking world. There is the legitimate one that is kept for the sheeple, also known as the goyim. <laughs> Go look up that word. It's a very interesting word. <laughs> and then there is the real banking system that is run by the nosim, uh, the inner circle, who really know What's going on, and who know what's going on? And he speaks about something that happened during the Gulf War called petrodollars. There were billions of dollars that were found in real cash, sitting uh, in in banks, uh, bankers rather, uh, in in Iraq and in, um, in in the in the Middle East. And this money had to be laundered; it had to be cleaned. And so people like them, that was their work: to take illegal money of that nature and clean it up. It's the same work they do with money for for drugs and extortion and human trafficking uh, and whatever. There's a lot of money there. Yeah, organ you, trafficking. You, you, absolutely. There you go. So philanthropy is one of the most pathways in which they clean up the money. But there's very clever strategies that are used. So essentially when you see these ponzis, this is a strategy by the 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 underworld to Fleece money, and the sad part is that um, historically, because these things we look into history to see patterns. Historically, every leading uh, agency, security agency, has been accused of yes. raising funds illegally. So, yeah. so this is historically true. So the stuff, I mean, yes, some of it has been made into like movies. It's we, so.
1: we, are, we are speculating. It's in public you domain. You know what I mean? It's, it's in, in public well domain,
3: correct. Anywhere correct.
1: if you click into it, you will find the document. Now, uh, before, because this was, was meant to be a bit of a short one. Um, yeah. Well, so we're sort of uh, having to close. Um, as you said, we started mm-hmm. a bit late. Tell me more about this thing briefly, right? Tell me more about this village banking pandemic that's happening in Central
3: <laughs> it's actually it's mean, not, not a pandemic. It's not know, a pandemic. Yeah. It's, it, it's a very good thing, actually, Slim and uh, Cranston. You see, the thing about Village blank Banking, which we need to understand, is that it's, 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 it's basically a cooperative on steroids. Uh, it's just people empowerment at a much more level uh, community base. So, All what's right. going on, basically? Yes. So, it's, it's a cooperative. Uh, the the regulated version of of village banking or Stockville, as they call them in South Africa, would be an official cooperative, what they call a SACO. So that's a a cooperative some savings and uh, something cooperative, whatever. I keep forgetting what SACO stands for, but it's basically that's regulated. So in other words, there is an organization that runs that. So if you want to Upgrade your village banking into a circle, then there are all manner of rules you have to kind of comply with, and then you're governed and watched. But below that, below that is village banking, which is basically chilimba, but at a whole other level. Yeah. And the chilimba. concept is very simple.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a private school chilimba.
3: <laughs> yes, exactly, but without the Ponzi part, because yeah. a stock. And that's the part that I always argue with a lot of these people who keep falling for these cons. Whatever Chilimba you look at, it's your money. It's not other people's money. So everybody is pooling their money together. And then they have a large pool of money from which individuals, depending on what kind of you know, deals or ideas they have, can borrow. So, so so, we're pulling money together. So maybe Slim Cranston, Rev Walter, and a couple of other people, we pull our money together. We say, okay, uh, let's put some money in here. So we all put money together. So this money, maybe each person puts, for argument's sake, $200. So by eight of us, that's $1,600 in the pool. Now that $1,600 in the pool, it's up to you. Do you want to borrow? So some people may not want to borrow, so they'll leave it. But then there are others who want to borrow. So they'll borrow $300. In that case, when they borrow, you're supposed to pay back 300 plus the interest that you all agree is paid for the period in question. So when when it gets to the end of the year, this thing is dissolved. So how the way it's dissolved is very simple. They look at the total number of contributions you make throughout the period, divide, sorry, the total number of contributions you make plus the interest you paid when paying back. And that's your money. Mm So you actually make money off the money you borrowed, uh, which is your money, plus the interest you paid back. That's how it works. So there is no, there's no getting anybody else's money. Now, in, in, in a number of cases, some of these circles have gone very big. And so they say, OK, sorry, these village bankings have gone very big. So they say, you know what? Let's formalize this. That's how they say, OK, so to formalize a village banking, you have to make it into a circle. So here in Zambia, we actually have a regulator. Uh, They give guidance. Uh, It's an actual proper, proper thing with professionals, and they will guide on how to convert a village banking scheme into an actual circle where you can now actively invest uh, as a group. So the Kenyans have taken it to a whole other level. Uh, There's one diaspora circle run by Kenyans where they were able to raise $12 million and invest in a block of up uh, upmarket flats in Nairobi, amazing. I watched it on, um, I think Business Africa or Black Entertainment TV, one of these platforms, um, but you're predominantly run by blacks. But it was just amazing to see. I know see.
0: the ladies who's in charge with that. She stays close to my house.
3: Oh wow! There you yeah, go. So you see what.
0: Maybe we can uh, we can have a chat with her one of these fine days
3: yeah, yeah absolutely because they've done amazing things and uh, you you know I watched and saw what they've built in Kenya I was like wow yeah so, so you see so as uh, as that now they have a very big Sacco I think it's like two thousand members strong so obviously I mean because you know to raise eight million dollars it's not small money so yeah. so so obviously it means a lot of people are contributing and then this is an investment you know when this thing starts making money everybody' is able to get dividends because there's a way SACOs also pay. Uh, dividends yeah, for profits generated by, yeah. So so it's solid. It's it's proper. It's regulated. It's legit. So even village banking is in the same category, but just that it's informal. That's the only difference. Village banking is informal. SACO is formal, and uh, there are rules to become SACO. So with village banking, the strength of the village banking, just like a chilimba, is its members. So if you have yeah. dodgy characters who are cheats, they are the ones who you hear borrowed money and then ran away or didn't pay and then got into trouble. So we've had a number of those even appear in the papers recently where individuals are accused of stealing people's money. The truth is that they borrow, in fact, they join maybe five or six, and they start getting from Cranston's group, come and pay Slim's group.
1: Yeah.
3: Pay Weber. And then soon, you know, plus the indiscipline of misuse of money, soon before you know (laughs) it, You are owing millions and you don't know what to do. So that's basically what happens.
2: Okay.
0: Well, (sighs) we are uh, sort of running out of time, but normally I would have millions of questions, but you've explained everything so clearly. And I hope people listen to what you've you've said today because...
3: Monday, Monday, we really hope because the problem is people don't listen. (laughs) You know, know, there's a time I think I even told Cranston the other day, why do I even bother? you know, Somebody. you you are compelled. Yeah, You're compelled. It's like you want yeah. to keep quiet, but that's like the biggest joke in the world. When you see an injustice, yeah. you say, no, I'm not going to keep quiet about that. So you end up talking, and then, of course, sometimes it gets you into trouble. I mean, I suppose that's how people like Martin Luther King and all these activists end up dying because they can't just sit. <laughs> yeah, then that's They cool. have to speak. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you can try, but you can try, but you get so agitated, and then you say, you know what? No, I'm going to talk about this. There's no way I'm going to keep quiet anymore. So so yeah. for me, it's in this space, you know, Africa, you know, emancipation of Africa and black people, you know, money, you know, personal development, blah, blah, blah. That's my space. And so if you see people genuinely trying to, uh, to do enterprise and then somebody comes with a scheme which is a con, I mean, come on, we're not going to keep quiet. No, and, and, no. And, and I'm I'm, I'm, ble- I'm blessed enough to have uh, platforms that I have been privileged to to be on, and I'll use them and uh, again I've been you know called names for that, but hey I mean it's for the good of the of the public.
0: Yeah, you just do your job, put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> Correct, because
3: they will come back later and say, yeah, I wish I heard me. I say, oh,
0: Sorry. <laughs> All right, Gaston, do you want to close it up?
1: Well, um, like like you said, the problem is people don't listen so. We thought would quickly come on and just you know ring this bell one last time again, so maybe someone can hear. <laughs> and yes, we yeah, run out so of even if, yeah. yeah, if it's one on. person. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's one
3: person. Yeah. So I was gonna, I was gonna say, even if it's one person, for that one yeah. person, it's yeah. good enough. Yeah, it's good All enough. Right.
0: Awesome. All right. It All is righty. the time and place podcast. Rev Water. Thank you very much, as usual. And don't worry, we'll get in touch soon after this. We'll have a, a chat with Cranston then we'll nice. do something special.
3: <laughs> nice. I, also, I will be waiting. <laughs> All right.
0: All right. Okay. All right. Cheers. Ladies, gents, you've listened for yourself. No lies, no ifs. You know, you watch yourself out there. So, we'll
2: see you, Cranston. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye.